0: Listening to Happy Jack's RPG podcast. I'm in Max 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 Max, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to season twenty-seven, episode two of Happy Jack's RPG podcast. My name is Stu, and I'm Stork, and it's just the two of us. It is the Old Man Fest.
1: Old man, you shall
0: pass. Do you want to be uh, Waldorf? What is it, Statler or Waldorf? Waldorf and
1: Waldorf, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> <the funniest. laughs> yes. that was terrible. It. I've seen better comedy in my stool examples.
0: <laughs> I don't know if they ever got that blue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in this episode of Habit Jack's RPG Podcast, uh, my friends call me Money, which is his nickname, I guess. My friends call me Money. Not Money because that's just for his friends.
1: What do his enemies call him, then? You know, if his friends call him money, then his enemies must call him, you know, Debt. just a Mister a Saturday night? I don't
0: know. <laughs> uh, writes in about safety tools and player problems. Allervant has a lot of unused RPG books and wants to talk about it. And uh, <laughs> and Muddy Boots sends us an epic. It just muddy, is, like,
1: boots, like, muddy Boots? Muddy Boots has been around a long time. I think I, so. Uh, I remember him from the other forums. I thought he was gone. It's good. To, muddy, if you're watching, good to have you back. Good, or that you never left
0: yeah but if you'd like to email us you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com that's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com we have a forum happyjacksforum.com that's happyjacksforum.com we're on the social media or happyjacksrpg all one word on Twitter Instagram Facebook and MeWe and if you'd like to watch the show live we do the show at Friday at 7pm pacific time at happyjacks.org slash live that's happyjacks.org slash live
1: um, and if you're like me and you just can't keep up you can watch it all on the YouTubes later and you can all watch it all on the YouTubes later I'll read the
0: first email okay since you don't have any guests or new people or anything of the sort. Uh, safety tools. My friends call me money. Uh, not to be read unless. Okay, wait. Blah. blah, blah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I have.
1: No, no, no. The whole letter is not supposed to be read unless we, unless we find the comment ballot.
0: I, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm reading it. I, okay. I read. I read it a couple days ago. Uh, I have no witty opening. You're fired.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Neither do I.
0: I'm just going to come out with it. I am a DM. Yes, I play D anD D, and I don't know what my responsibility is when it comes to player mental health issues. I am an old man, like Stu and Stork.
1: That's why the two of us are on this. Aha. I see how, I am
0: an work. old man. Hey, shit.
1: <laughs> so, oh, shut up. I don't know. Why I'm defaulted to Gandalf.
0: So it come. So I come from a time when sw- our swing sets were rusty, our heads were helmetless, and people hid their problems like real men.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. or drank them away.
0: Right. Uh, while this is intended as hyperbole, it may be the root of my problem. I've been listening to Happy Jacks, the Happy Jacks crew, for what seems like decades. It's only been one. wow. Uh, you. Uh, You often mention mental health issues, lines and veils and X cards, and quite frankly, I laughed at all of this thinking to myself, what the hell kinds of people are you playing with? Now you're thinking, well, this guy's a jerk. I'm not, really. I didn't think that. I wasn't either. I just have no experience with that side of people. All of that changed recently. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: When I started my current group, All Strangers to One Another, good place to have safety tools by the way uh i don't know right i asked everyone to reach out to me individually if they had any issues that needed to be addressed triggers philosophies medications religious faux pas that's a strange phrase religious faux pas what's a religious faux pas
1: uh i I have the details i I have
0: religious faux pas um religious faux pas, et cetera. No one did. Excuse me. I do... Sorry, Canada. I do this because, A, while I avoid being gratuitous and graphic, I admittedly veer towards the darker side of human nature for motivation. There are only so many times the bad guy can steal lollipops and the PCs aren't the only murder hobos out there. And, B, Happy Jacks told me to.
1: Oh, it's our fault. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh...
0: I like to use a group chat to send out calendar invites, polls, and for general conversation between games. We don't all know one another, so I wanted to create an environment where we could just BS about whatever, and that's in quotes, by the way, along the way to get to know each other. Um, This seems to me, this seems to be the meat of my issue now. I like to ask people for input, just basics. How can I make our game better? I make it a point to identify that although I am the DM, this is our game. It's a group project, and I want everyone to feel like their part is an important part. After this week's game, I asked directly what it was people felt was missing to make the game the RPG experience they were hoping for. Since half of my players have only played with me as as their DM, I wanted to make sure that I'm not the reason... They never play again. Well, that's a that, that, a low bar, but a noble bar. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it, uh, so far, you're being very, very sensitive. I mean, you're you're being you, you've set up a safe place. You're asking all the right questions. You've you've even uh, are double, you're checking in with them to make sure that you know is 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 there anything I can do to help improve the game? I, as far <laughs> as I can see, I mean, you called yourself a jerk earlier, but I don't see any of that at all. You are going over and beyond to make sure that this is safe and giving options. So. So I, far, so good, I think. I well, Yeah.
0: Oh, my ear. I matter-of-factly commented that not everyone could or would, a newer player flat-out told me he wasn't interested in chatting between games, use the group chat, so I thanked those that did. This is where things went off the rails. One of the players indicated that their anxiety was so bad, it prevented them from using the group chat. So they were put off by me calling them out. Hmm. Did he call them?
1: Oh, okay. No, but that, that, you know what? That might be their perception. And
0: When I pointed out that when I had tried to address people's personal issues, I was ignored, and some of them even laughed at me. I was then embarrassed that it was, don't say crazy, don't say crazy, silly of me to ask... He wasn't ask, embarrassed. He was lambasted. <laughs> maybe. Well, not, I don't know if he was lambasted. Uh, silly of me to ask strangers to list their mental health issues to someone they just met. That's one of the problems with safety tools. And mm-hmm. I've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, these aren't kids whose parents drop them off at summer camp. They range from 20 to 30 years old, they're kids. Um, and they chose... <laughs> they're kids! And they chose to join a social experience of their own volition. So my question is this. Run on sentence ahead. When you have people who on Monday are making dick and fart jokes and having what appears to be a good time interacting with everyone who then on Wednesday are telling you that they suffer from anxiety so bad that they can't text any response at all to a question. How do you accommodate them? Mind you, they took the time to type out their problem with the chat rather than answer the question or just not respond at all. Disclaimer. The following is almost certainly going to be misconstrued as insensitive and it's absolute and it absolutely isn't my intention for it to be
1: in just just so you say I, I don't think you're being insensitive at all i don't get that at all i mean it's really hard sometimes to type and, and list things with clarity you're being succinct but i don't see you as being insensitive
0: right in the past decade or so there seems to be a trend towards everyone saying i have insert mental health problem here I have included links to articles that support this statement. It's a real issue that is impacting imper- interpersonal relationships. And he gives a couple of links. and I've mm-hmm. I, I looked at them. again. That's been going on for a while. Um, what is my part in dealing with people, sometimes multiple, with sometimes multiple mental health problems? How much do I have to change who I am and how I behave so as not to trigger or insult people? Mm. Am I wrong for thinking that people with these issues who engage in social activities should have some mechanism for dealing with other people other than me asking what to do to avoid conflict and letting them know that I am sensitive to their needs. As the only parent in the group, I have offered to help find them therapists and navigate insurance complexities. Wow. Uh, As someone who is cognizant and empathetic to a world around them, what is expected of me? Truly distressed, my friends call me money.
1: Wow. This is a, this is a pretty heavy topic. And uh, as far as I can see from what you've listed, as I've stated already, I think you're going, you, you're, you've set up a really safe environment. I think you're doing everything right. Um, we could probably delve into this more, but my personal take right off the top is I don't know what more you can do. It sounds to me like you've set up a lot, and you've bent over backwards to make sure that people are feeling safe. And at some point you're like, I, I've done all I know how to do, and, I, and I'm sorry. Maybe this isn't the game for you. Yeah, um, I, I,
0: I, at this... No, we only have one side of it. Mm-hmm. From what I see, I agree. However, my biggest complaint, criticism, about safety tools may very well be happening with this very email. Mm-hmm. Because you've got someone who has... Anxiety. If you have anxiety, you probably have something else besides anxiety, because anxiety is usually something. I'm not a health professional, but anxiety is usually something that's triggered by something else. So,
1: it could also be a result of uh, ADD and ADHD.
0: If you have difficulty, I'd see that this is the part I don't understand, and this is what makes me think that this is this this is a failing of safety tools and not this guy's fault. If you have such bad bad anxiety that you can't get on a chat client and type things out, how on earth are you doing video or voice chat for a game? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Which leads me to believe that it was not the act of of being in this chat, it was you're asking me a question that's extremely personal and I'd rather Mm -hmm. not divulge that information. We've talked about this in the past. It's one of the major failings of Of um, a lot of safety tools, and that is if you have lines and veils and things like that, uh, or even an X-card, if some very sensitive subject matter comes up that is something that's triggering to you, you're divulging in the very least that this is something that has happened in your past and maybe you're not comfortable divulging that information around a a table or online with a bunch of people you've never met before. Hello?
1: the minute you hit that x card everybody knows what your trigger is and what and, and they can put the pieces together and go oh you're a victim of this whatever the trauma is right now and all of a sudden you've just now outed yourself and, would, yeah
0: exactly and we would like to think that people would be would be sensitive <laughs> about this and i think most people who are sitting at a table that has an x card that are taking it seriously will be but that doesn 't help the person with the anxiety about whatever it is that happened in their past that they, that now they have just felt compelled to divulge to people they don 't know right you know what I mean
1: right. you put me in in a position where I had to hit the hit the, the button and now right. everybody knows
0: so it so as far as what he 's done i don 't see where you 've done anything wrong. yeah I think the problem here is a simple failing of. Of safety tools, safety tools aren't. I don't think they're where they need to be yet. I mean, we have. Well, to, and they're not. They're not perfect. I mean, no.
1: It gives you an option to 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 opt out, and you even gave them the option up front. You paid it forward too. It's like, is there any territory that is sensitive to you? Because I don't even want to go there. And they didn't, or if they did post, it was right. too vague for you to interpret. So I
0: it don't could. Know. It may also. It may, it may not be that. This may be someone who's like, I'm really busy. I'm in to play this game. I don't want to spend a bunch of time in a chat room talking about the game when I'm not playing the game. I want to play the fucking game. It could be that, too. Who knows? And and either opinion is perfectly fine. I mean, you can't expect... If it's that, you can't expect players to have more investment in the game than the GM does. Because the amount of time they spend thinking about and preparing the game is minuscule compared to the GM in most games. Especially D&D.
1: Yeah. Yep. The players just show up and play. Meanwhile, the the GM is drawn out a whole dungeon by hand,
0: right? Um,
1: uh, I uh, if, if it is truly mental issues, if they really f- are feeling anxiety, you, it's you, it's no use blocking or denying or mocking them because oh, their feelings clearly. are real. And it sounds to me like you're not. You've already set up a really tried to set up a safe environment as you can. But and, and the and the reasons for health issues being more prevalent than they are now are multi-invariant, and that's a that's a different type of podcast than the one that we do. But at, at the end of the day, if they truly are feeling anxiety and they're not medicating for it, or whatever reason, they don't know how to treat it, or if they, they realize that perhaps this game isn't for them. And maybe the reason they chose an online thing is they're curious, they're D&D curious, they thought this would be a safe place to do it, Absolutely. turns out their anxiety affects them too much. So again, it comes down to the fact that I don't think there's anything more that you can do it sounds like you've been more than sensitive in fact, you even went and researched and you're you're a parent, so you're clearly empathetic to anxious anxiety anxious people I don't know it sounds like you're really taking this fairly hard yourself I mean, I I really love the fact that you don't want their first D&D experience to be a traumatic one
0: and you don't want to be the GM that turned them off of role playing games forever
1: Right, right. but Low bar, some... but a noble bar. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you led with that, that's true. Um, so, stop beating yourself up. It sounds to me like there's not much more that you could, can or could have done. Uh, the, it, it, the, this only, is...
0: the only thing I would suggest is there's find a less public way to, to allow people to give you input on lines and veils. What I did, what I've done in my games... Mm-hmm is I go and make a Google Doc and I don't share it with people. I create a shareable link. Right? Right. So And then I send that link to people. They can go in, use that link, and go in and anonymously edit that document. No one knows who's editing it because it gives you this goofy-ass username that isn't your actual Google username. And go in and type in i don't want to talk about i don't like th- this in games i don't like this in games this in games is okay but as long as it's not explicit whatever it is and and at least that way there's a there's like a layer of anonymity and then the gm can can look at that and and say okay here's a list of things i don't know who's who it doesn't matter these are the things i'm going to do avoid
1: period you um, can also share. You can also share a junk email account if you wanted. Or Slack has a direct message thing too. And you can even just like type something out later and then that the link can't, can't be
0: and anonymous. That can't be anonymized though. That,
1: that is true. How do you set up the anonymous Google thing? Is what, that just a feature just, of
0: it? You just create a document, and when you go to share, instead of instead of sharing with specific people, there's a there's a a link there that says create a shareable link, and that means anyone you send that link to will have access to that document. It's a dangerous thing to do if it ends up getting out cuz then, you know, you get a, a thousand million douchebags all over the internet going in and typing all kinds of shit in your document. But if you just give it to the three three or four people in your game, they can click on that, go to that document if if they're not logged into to um Google Docs and then it just assigns I don't remember how it assigns it but it gives it like a picture of like an elephant or a raccoon yeah. or something like that. And then you can go in and you can read and you can edit the document.
1: That's really cool. I didn't even know that was that was a feature. Yeah. That's cool.
0: Yeah, it is. And and that I think is probably the the best and safest way to do it because the thing is you don't you, you certainly don't want people who d- really do have serious issues that they that they would like to avoid, but are also reluctant to talk about them in front of people they don 't know very well
1: and, and that, who can blame them
0: right, and that gives them a way to do that, so I would say and i th- and I think that 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 everyone who's making and using safety tools should be cognizant of that, mm-hmm. because I mean a lot of times if someone 's got a real serious issue it 's probably a very private thing to them. And it's probably mm-hmm. maybe something they're not even telling their spouse or their their best friends or, or whatever. So, I mean, that is that that is a that is a step more that you can take than what you've already done is to anonymize the way that, that lines and bales come into into effect, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't think there's much much else you can do. Now, it could be that the guy just doesn't want to spend bandwidth. Um, being on an online chat when the game's not going on, and that's an entirely different issue. But that, I mean, that that can't come as a shock to someone who's GM'd a lot. <laughs> I've seen that plenty of times. So
1: anyway. yeah. So I mean, to sum up, they're, if they have legitimate problems, they have they do have their feelings are legitimate, and it doesn't sound like you're blocking or, or embarrassing them for that and all that. They, they, if they're feeling that way, they do feel that way. Uh, it sounds to me again like you've set up to the best of your ability a safe place and gave them all the kinds of options. And again, at some point, you're just going to have to say, "Look, I'm really sorry. This was never meant to to signal anyone out." If you guys are all uncomfortable with this, or if you're comfortable with this, perhaps this isn't the game for you. You know, right? And, and, and it just, could I like, mean
0: it, it could be that you know I mean if if I I don't know if I had anxiety like serious anxiety. The last thing I would want to do would be a, to play in
1: a role-playing game with people I didn't know.
0: <laughs> but
1: that's just me. We actually but, you know, know some people then, that are in our games that suffer from anxiety. Yeah, they, they kind of did it as a way to sort of get out of their shell.
0: And that may be what's going on here. And that, and if that's the case, then you know, I think that that I mean, you don't have you don't have a responsibility to to, to people you don't know. But I mean, this is a good opportunity to maybe create a lifelong role-playing game person yeah. who maybe can find respite from their anxiety in a, a game and I, I mean a lot of us find have, during the, our youth and in other dark times in our lives have found respite in this hobby that's one of the things that makes it fucking awesome
1: yeah I agree I, th- I agree well anyway uh, that's a, it's a really good topic thanks for asking that and um, I have a feeling we might revisit this a couple of times because uh, this is guaranteed to generate some uh, advice on the forums and such which you know if you we're not. Stu and I are not psychiatrists and we're not psychologists and we don't know, ha- We don't have all the answers when it comes to this. Although
0: story. I have had extensive therapy, but that's not the same thing. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Uh, Bill, so. Bill in the uh, chat room says, good grief, using an X card now seems like darned if you do, darned if you don't. You can say damn, it's okay. Um, and it, 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 it kind of, that's one of the I think the X card is one of the weakest safety tools. Yeah. Because it's Stu, so public. Stu- it's so public
1: zeroed in on that like day one once they pulled out the cards what are these these are X cards you hit them it's like well but then everybody will know what triggers me and, and you, it was like right. yeah you're, wow and you're like yeah they barely pulled them out of the pack before you, you immediately de- scoped out the flaw like, and, what the fuck that,
0: and, and, that, <laughs> and and that's one of the problems with a hobby <laughs> I will say no more than that
1: Used RPG books from Allibrand there are some
0: there are some people who are a little lacking in empathy no, even even ones that mean well.
1: Sorry. I, I, it's also fair to say there's a lot of people lacking empathy in the world. I work with a bunch of people that are some of the yes. just meaty douchebags, and, and they many, just don't know they just don't get it. Many of them we call sociopaths or <laughs> prop makers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, unused RPG books from Albert. Now
0: I should say it, he'll mention this, but this is we got a lot of responses in, in season twenty six, episode fourteen. the guy wrote in about the fact that RPG hobbyists are cheap, and we really need to step up, pry open our fucking wallets, and 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 help out indie gamers and people who are, are trying to make games. And it, it, this is we've gotten a lot of responses from that email. A lot of people, and I'm going to tell you what my what my it wasn't my dad, who was it that told me? What my grandpappy said to me. I don't remember where I heard this. I don't remember where I heard the phrase. But if you throw a rock at a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is the one that got hit. <laughs> now, I'm not well, saying I'm not saying that everyone who has responded to this guy with ire is is cheap, but
1: there that's a there, good old fashioned southern homily is what that right? is right there.
0: <laughs> there, are, there are there are people who responded to this and there are people who didn't. And you know what? I'm kind of in his in in the same boat he's in. But I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I I, th- I think I remember when I was I may even have read the email, but I'm I'm on the other camp, which is like I just I don't I, I barely play the games. I know how to play. I'm, I really right. can't afford to buy a bunch of new games and not play them. And I, okay, but let's let us read the email before we comment on it. Right. Hey, Jackers, I was a bit taken aback and felt attacked by Rick's comment, season twenty six, episode fourteen, that I need to basically gamble on RPG books to quote support the hobby end quote. I've been buying RPG books and games since the early 90s. Often it was because I thought the game looked interesting and I wanted to support the store and the game makers and not be that guy who comes in for hours and never buys anything. Of course. But most of the time, the books were never used. Here's a partial list of games I've purchased and have been doing nothing more than collecting dust in a basement closet. And I'll go through them quickly. Aberrant, Guardians, the game of heroic might and adventure, uh, Usagi Yojimbo, Bubblegum Crisis, Street Fighter, Jovian Jovian Chronicles, Heavy Gear, Justifiers. Senzar, never even heard of that one mm. Pandemonium, MIB, Marauder 2107, Aria, Pathfinder Hot Rods and Gun Bunnies I kind of like that one yeah. Cockfighting Seizure Monsters, that's <laughs> fake That's fake, you put that in there Just to see if we'd notice, right. or even read the list Shadowrun Fifth Edition, that's fake that's too That's fake too <laughs> BESM, third, what's BESM Big uh, Eyes, Small Mouth no, it is. Oh, you're, right. It's the no, anime. you're right.
0: It's the anime RPG. You're right.
1: I remember now. Um, oh, a I D20
0: think... edition. Bah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> great. Two things I
0: hate more than anything else: anime and D20. Fuck. <laughs> That's got to be a great game. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, you know All my just daughters there. watching now.
1: Go, go, man. Go on. Hold your on, on a second. Go.
0: <laughs> my daughter hit. Let me find the title. of This fucking thing. And she's like, "Get me these. Um, what do they call them? Um, the The book version of a fucking anime, mangas. mangas." She said, "Get me these mangas." And I and I and I looked them up, and I'm like, "Is this some kind of like shit fetish porn? What is this, Allie?" <laughs> Hold on a second.
1: Yeah, it's probably my daughter's fault because she's very into the, the mangas as well. And well, anyway, she's 17 now. I can't really. Too much to the limiter. Anyway, I'll, while you look at that up, I'll finish the rest of his list. There's only a couple left. Fate, Star Trek, Decipher, The World of Cinnabar, Tony <laughs> Cinnabar, Jesus Christ with an S, uh, Tony DiG- Di Di, Di-, Di- G- Lamos Complete Mafia. I've never heard of that. Ace Agents and Dragon Supreme. Most of these games had supplements, and I purchased those as well, uh, which also never got used. Then there's the games I backed on Kickstarter and <laughs> haven't played. Did you find it yet? Uh, Hold on. Okay, I'll keep reading. Just chime up when you find it. Darren Watts, Golden Age Champions. Still in the box. It was mailed in. Champions character creation cards. Geeks Against Harsh Reality, a card game about geeks. Still in the box. It was mailed in. D-F-T-B-A Wizard School. Still in shrink wrap. Numenaria 2. Discovery and Destiny. Still heard, in shrink wrap. I hear that's got great Numenaria, artwork. Numenaria 2? Wow.
0: Numenera? What? Is that Numenera?
1: Yeah, sorry. Numenera, I Numenera 2. N-
0: no, yeah, that's he, the... I heard it's got great artwork.
1: It does, but he he spelled it Numenaria. here it
0: is. And I got her the first two books, and then the third book came out, and her mother got her that. It's called (laughs) Toilet-Bound (laughs) Hanako-kun. And it's about a ghost of a former student at some school who lives in the girls bathroom and is bound magically bound to a toilet in there and he happens a, to be a boy. <laughs> it's moaning myrtle except it's a boy. It's moaning myrtle except it's a boy and it's creepy. <laughs> it's way well, creepier than moaning myrtle.
1: Okay. But
0: I just I'm like, okay, is this some kind of shit fetish thing? Yeah. What, am I, could I buying see why, my daughter?
1: <laughs> I could see why it's uh, why you would think that. And yeah, she showed me least.
0: she showed me some excerpts and says, no it's not like that and, and I'm like it's still really weird, and I'm maybe the jap. Maybe in in the original Japanese, it's not as creepy sounding as Toilet Bound, but okay, whatever.
1: Just like poxy Boggards, when you tr- it can be translated a lot of different ways, and, That's and true. Most of it is is diseased toilet guys, right? <laughs> so, uh, let me finish this email. It's only a couple more right. paragraphs. This doesn't include unread PDFs and drive-through rpg but I hope this makes the case. That I have paid my dues to support the hobby. I don't regret most of these purchases. I made them to support the gaming stores and the game makers. Even though I knew the odds of my actually playing them were small, the quote dollar per time spent quote ratio in these cases is mathematically undefined since you would be dividing by zero. Well,
0: it would no be, more. It would be infinite.
1: Yes, no more. I'm tired of buying things I'm never going to use. It should not be looked down upon to wait until I'm actually playing a campaign before I spend the money on the books. Oh, sure. If Rick still thinks this hobby is really expensive, then I invite him to contact me through the message board so I can sell him these old <laughs> unused things. Andrew Otter, 2107. Is this only 10 bucks plus tax and shipping? I even have the supplement. <laughs> Albert. Uh... Yeah, I got a bunch of books, too, and I don't regret them, and I was on the same boat. I'm like, especially when Kickstarter first came out, I'm like, yeah, let's support the gaming, yeah. I mean, I've and got Got a bunch tons. of
0: stuff. I have tons of 6th edition Hero stuff, and I'll never use it. I'll never use it, because I'm like, the, this too too mathy. This game's too mathy for me, but I have a shit ton of it. And I yeah. would gladly give it to someone who loves Hero Six. And here you go. I mean, I've got Ultimate Base and Fantasy, and uh, just a ton of different supplements for it. I probably got six or eight books for that thing, and I'm never going to use any of them.
1: For a while, I was sort of reading the games for fun, you know, mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I know Tappy used to do that, like all the time. He would just like, reading a rule book was fun for him. And and I and I. For a while, I kind of get it. Mostly, I was sort of using it to mine ideas for, you know, sometimes game that's settings what I do. have that's what I do. really cool ideas and really cool settings that yeah. I would then appropriate, but sometimes, after a while, it just gets to the point where, like, I've got 30 books, 30 thick, giant rule books that I'm never going to read or play. Right. Oh, I've got, so
0: I've got a bookshelf that's probably three quarters full of just RPG books, and I've gotten rid of a shit ton Yeah, I know. I I bought some of them. When I moved out of La Mirada, I got rid of it all because I didn't think I would ever get back into the hobby. I Regret that, but (laughs) 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 first edition Traveler, little black box with the books. I mean, just I had so, and all the GURPS books I had, and all that, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, I've I and even now I have so much shit I know I'll never use. I mean, I've got White Wolf books I have no interest in using. I bought them because they were on sale because. Uh, the, our local gaming store had, had a bit like eighty five percent off, and I'm like, well, right. Shit. And,
1: and if you're running a White Wolf game at the time, you're like, Ooh, maybe this would be cool. It there might be and something so I'm to use. Yeah, there might be like one setting in there that you then use. But since it was eighty five percent off, and you're running a White Wolf game, I'll yeah. buy it. Yeah, I've been and, there. And I been mean, there.
0: and the thing is, I mean, even even when I'm when I'm doing these things and and buying books that I'm probably never going to play, I almost always will crack them open and at least read the GMing section. Because almost all of those books end up having GMming advice in them, and the GMing advice is often very different from very different sp- perspectives. Sometimes <clears throat> it is informed by the game that the 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 information's in. Sometimes it's just the philosophy of that particular author, but I've I I always end up getting, uh, something out of those. Of those sections of RPG books, regardless of whether I'm going to en- end up actually using them or not. Oh, wait, I can now say irregardless because it's in the dictionary.
1: <coughs> it's now
0: a new word? It's, yeah, it's now considered a word, so I can say irregardless, even though I'm not one of those people who would say irregardless.
1: But. Regardless of what do you think.
0: Regardless of what I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I don't. Um, I mean, I have tons of books that I have never played. Yeah. I mean, I've get and, and you know, I, 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 I mean, I'm sure most people who live locally here know this, but our local gaming store ended up closing. Um, Game Empire, uh, Chuck passed away four months ago, five months ago. I don't remember exactly when it was, and it looked like I guess his his widow was going to try to keep it going, and then the whole COVID nineteen thing started. So she, she was like, "Oh, this is going to be really hard to." Keep to to do so, she I guess liquidated everything and it and it went away. But one of the I guess one of the former employees um, went ahead and and took up either rented the place or whatever, and now it's going to be called Game Odyssey. Same place on Fair Oaks, yeah, Fair Oaks yeah. and Allen.
1: Right. Yep, I drove by the other day, and I actually didn't know this. They so.
0: had the sign, the, the signs up. It's not open yet. They don't have any inventory in there yet. Um,
1: No, I didn't know any of this. I didn't know he passed away, so...
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: News to me. Um, The other thing that... The other reason I have a bunch of random books, too, is some of them left over my misspent Youth. Some of those are probably even collectible, (laughs) because unlike Stu, I didn't throw away all my games, but a lot of them got ruined. I I had, like, a trunk that sat in a musty garage, and they they were trash. But the other thing was at some point every now and again i get some wild hair like i'm going to make my own game and so some of these games are like sort of research like mechanics or sure. uh, setting ideas or uh, you know, how do they solve particular problems when it comes to initiative or whatever that you know might inspire you for whatever game you're creating or even sometimes it's something you i would steal and use in another game it's just sort of a like a an add on like a like pre character creation or like an initiative a solution that I would just tack into another game without ruining it, but um, but yeah, that's no reason to go spend sixty dollars on a rule book just so that you can use their initiative system um, at some point, you're like, you know what the way game is written also works. Why don't I just do that instead of playing all these games looking for other things?
0: Yes, so and, I, but yeah and that, I was go ahead that when Rick wrote that email.
1: Started a war, huh?
0: Pissed off a lot of people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so. people feel personally attacked. I get it, you know. And then there is a collectability to it too. There's a, yeah. you know, just sort of it does scratch that itch. Like if you were a comic book collector, and and I was a comic book collector because I read comics, and it occurred to me that if I just keep careful when I read them and then put them in a bag, that I would have them. But mostly, I wanted to read them. Occasionally, I would buy some ones that I didn't. And it's kind of the same way with a D and D book. You're like, I guess I should get them all. Play D anD D, and who knows, maybe they'll be useful. And I still got a bunch of four e books. They take up half of the bottom of a filing cabinet, and that's like a ten inch stack of books that I. Oh,
0: know, it depends really on which use. edition. You really, only if, use the,
1: the master Manual and the Player's Handbook. First and it.
0: second edition. That that's a gigantic stack that's of a, books.
1: A, two Even feet fourth were the were the hardback books. Yeah, third,
0: thir, third, third, three point five, and fourth edition also ma- major stacks. Fifth, man, nah, not so much.
1: It's almost as uh, all those D books together is almost as uh, big as the two hero books together.
0: Oh yeah, th- yeah, that, those books were <laughs> they,
1: they look like old Encyclopedia Britannicas. They're huge.
0: Oh, are you, uh, it,
1: are you fielding nasty emails there, Stu? No, no.
0: Erica Odd says he's got two game stores in her in her town, and they're both uh, in dire straits at the moment. Yeah, and that's I mean that's that's going on everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Which is ironic because. I think there's a big boom in um, online gaming. There is. And, and video games as well. They're just they're they're exploding.
0: To, but, but I, mean, I mean, we're at the point now in the hobby where a, a lot of people probably don't even need to go into a brick-and-mortar store anymore. They get everything online. Or to get the that's PDF, one of, right. That's one of the problems. I mean, there's a there's a couple publishers yeah. out there that have been trying to come up with a way that you can still go to your game store and get those PDFs from them rather than yeah. getting them online. I want to say Evil Hat had a brick and mortar, brick and mortar store thing that they were doing, but um, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, RPG. I don't think RPGs are really ever going to be the bread and butter of of a game store anymore. I think it's gonna, it's gonna be things like Warhammer and stuff like that.
1: And much you have got to
0: buy a bunch of physical physical well, things.
1: I was just gonna say a lot of media is having the exact same problem. Booksellers, just actual legitimate books, are having a problem. Nobody's buying legitimate books anymore. They're buying you know PDFs or Kindles or whatever. You mean those paper uh, things
0: with words in them? Yeah, the paper thing with words.
1: in them, Right. <laughs> oh. um, and then we as musicians are also having a, like a hard time trying to figure out how to sell physical media to people because you know nobody buys CDs anymore. No, I haven't bought a CD in years. Nope,
0: and they don't even buy music anymore. They stream it. Exactly. You get and a little and- tiny infinitesimal piece of someone's uh, someone's streaming subscription. Oh, yeah. by the way, for those of you who are Boggard fans out there. Uh, our CD that was released two years ago in physical form, uh, Atlas Chugged, yeah, mm-hmm. Atlas Atlas Chugged, C-H-U-G-G-E-D, as in chugging beer, um, is now on iTunes and probably most of the streaming services by this point. So if you want to hear new music that's two years old from the Poxy Boggards, you can hear that now. And then our next CD, which is called Songs of Vice and Ire, is probably going to go out in the next month, month and a half.
1: Yeah, it's... The, the reasons it's taken so long for it to go digital are, are many and varied, but it's finally out.
0: I, I, I could say why, but I won't. No, It's cares. a pain in the fucking neck. It's <laughs> a pain in the fucking neck to do that now. It wasn't no. before, but now, Jesus Christ. I've yeah. been fucking with Atlas Chugged, getting it online for a fucking year. I know. No, I know. And it's because the company we use, they will remain nameless, sends one single email saying, there's a problem with, with your submission for this CD. Yeah. They will never send you a follow-up email, and if yeah. you miss that email or it ends up in your spam folder, you're fucked, and you're never going to find out until some fan somewhere says, when is this CD going to be released for streaming? I'm like, it should have been released months ago. I, put Online. I did that a year ago. <coughs> oh, no, there's a problem, and they must have sent me an email six months ago that went to my spam folder. Yeah. Atlas, See, yes, is, Atlas. Is one of the
1: newest to the albums of Ice and I are just stew right now.
0: You know what? I wish that would have been the subtitle, Eric Odd. Who is John Malt? That would have been the, that would have been the fucking. If, we, if only we had thought of that. Where were you two years ago when we were trying right. to name the goddamn CD?
1: And she at least gets the gets uh, the joke. Atlas chugged one out over a fountain bed. So
0: fountain bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh,
1: the fountain bed is a terrible title. It is a terrible title, unless it's a porn movie. Right.
0: Uh, muddy boots greetings boggards grognards insert whatever ards here and all other wonderful people who thank you allervant for the email by the way Um, people who give you a fig leaf of respectability or at least hold your beer recently
1: Uh, I I don't trust anybody with my beer but thank you no
0: uh, recently, well, you were in the same band I am. We, that's something you learned in, in, in year one. <laughs> I
1: think I handed it to somebody once and watched him drink it while I was busy singing a solo. <laughs> I'm
0: like, did, that was me.
1: I'm like, I couldn't, <laughs> I can't get it back. I'm busy. I'm
0: singing. You, you set it down. Faster. I picked it up. And you're like looking yeah. at me while you're singing. I'm like, you, bah, bah, bah. That, It was you. <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, recently, you said you were low on emails. And the master hyperbolour that's me, uh, said the show might stop. And I did say that. But it was hyperbole. Uh, since it is within my powers to prevent that fate, I decided to write in. I had put put it off because I usually agree with the advice given and harumph with, with the consensus.
1: I didn't get a harumph out of that guy.
0: You watch your ass. Uh, I just didn't feel a need to add to the conversation. But with the show hanging in the balance, <laughs> I was driven to action.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Thank God for people like Money Boots. What would we do? <laughs>
0: Uh, I've been listening for a long time I started with the third episode of the third season and I have no idea what you said in it neither do we uh, we had a third season? Uh, yeah we did a week into the shop in a week in the shop recovering masking flats
1: he does, he works in theater, oh, theater oh, is that
0: what it, Okay. Yeah. Um, was all it took to make it through the earlier episodes I missed the three hour episodes the belching and the beer I just finished a beer right now and I'm I don't, earlier. Yeah. We're not doing three-hour shows anymore. Um, we're just too old. We're too old. We can't. We can't last that long. hour's yeah, long enough.
1: No. Yeah. I got to pee like, every.
0: <laughs> There's the bladder thing now. too. Yeah. Especially <laughs> you, because you, I mean, when you go, you're gone for 15 minutes.
1: But yeah. I um, can go three hours. <laughs> I
0: know uh i've been gaming for a long time i started in september 15th of 1979 that's a with a a year or so around the time i did
1: yeah he's our age bro yeah yeah
0: uh i know that because i put the date on my first character sheet and i'm a pack rat who saves
1: useful things because your first character sheet's a useful thing i like the way he thinks
0: right Uh, what isn't have you do you have moderate pathing in your house (laughs) <laughs> Are you a herder? A hoarder? Herder? Hoarder? Hoarder? Have you watched that show, Hoarders? We discovered no. Some, it hits too close to home. We've discovered some moderate pathing. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen.
1: That needs to be a bit <laughs> moderate. Pathing. Moderate pathing. It's going to be the name of my uh, my my geek band, Moderate Pathing. <laughs> it was going to be The Dead Kenobis, but my now might be Moderate Pathing.
0: Oh, before I go any further, have you seen Will Ferrell's? New movie on Netflix?
1: No, I seen I've seen the trailer for it.
0: But. Eurovision?
1: Where, yeah, he's like a Viking guy. Go- they they're,
0: M- they're, the, they're the you know what Eurovision is? Yes. Okay. Th- they are the Icelandic entry into the Eurovision contest. Okay. <laughs> for that year, and it was so goddamn funny. Now you got to like Will Ferrell. I yeah. don't think there's any way you can watch a Will Ferrell movie, and if you don't like Will Ferrell, you're going to hate the film. Right, and Will Ferrell's one of those guys it's like you either think he's funny or you think he's a fucking moron and there's no in between right
1: it's like Jim Carrey same thing
0: it's very divisive yes but if you've ever seen watched any clips of Eurovision and seen how over the top crazy it is and how every song is, is this sort of poppy dance song, well not all of them, but most of them are because they're trying to get the broadest appeal they possibly can. Well and right? it's
1: that awful Euro trash pop too. Yes. You know, they spawn people like Paco and Rock Me Amadeus. <laughs> it's not crap. And it's that same thing. It's from that same area.
0: And it I'm telling <laughs> you, the scenes of the other acts during the Eurovision show will make you fucking die laughing. It so is,
1: this is his. This is his mighty wind. But Except it's, it's not the folk genre. It's, it's more of the folk. Euro pop. It, it, genre. It's
0: It yes. <clears throat> it freaking killed me. It was so funny. Even the opening sequence, the opening song that they do, because it's him and this girl, and it's got Pier- Pierce Brosnan is in it, and he plays Will Ferrell's dad, who mm-hmm. is the most han- the handsomest, and most most attractive man on Iceland. So they're pretty sure that the, that the girl that he's in love with, that he sings with, is probably his half-sister anyway.
1: Because <laughs> it's Iceland and they have 300,000 people. Uh, and I'm not kidding. They only have 300,000 people. There's more people in Pasadena than there are in no, all of
0: Iceland. No, is only like 140,000. Did you look it up? Yes.
1: I'd like to see your data. The, the point being that, and the only reason I know this is that I had a friend that was into to soccer. And he when Iceland made it to the World Cup, uh, all of these stats were coming around. And I'm like, 300,000 people? That's so it's like ten percent of the people of Iceland were on the ho- were on the on the soccer team at the time. Wow,
0: that's like <clears throat> that's like Pasadena and Glendale combined. That's about three hundred k. I would I would guess because Pasadena is one hundred and forty k. Actually, I think they were a little less than that. Anyway. um... So, yeah, watch Eurovision, the Will Ferrell film. The other film I saw, and then let me just say before we go on with the email, have you seen Walk Hard? Yeah. The Dewey Dewey Cox Cox story. Story.
1: Yeah, Oh, my
0: God. That song, that title song. Walk hard. Hard. (laughs) Kill me every time. I'm 12.
1: (laughs) Well, you're also a musician, so there's another layer in there that's funny to people like us that, that get music. Like... I'll never forget the story about Mighty Wind when you and Heather went. And you and Heather were sat went to the theater, paid money, sat down, and laughed hysterically the and entire were, thing about And him. the other eight
0: people in the theater are like, wow, you guys must have really liked this movie. We didn't understand
1: like, it at all. Yeah, they were like looking at you like, why is this so funny? We don't get it. And it's like, you have to know the folk era, and you have to know the the styles that they're singing in. And you have to, I mean, there's all these layers. It's like... Each group that they, and, and their names of the of the albums was hysterical, but oh. if you don't know folk music, it just goes right by mm-hmm. you and it isn't funny.
0: Singing, Ticking. <laughs> and then we came out with our next album, and in my opinion, it had one too many words and two too many G's, and it was called "Saying Something." <laughs> <laughs> Still kills me. Sorry. The
1: whole movie is hysterical to me. Ed, but again, it's it's this fictional thing, and it sounds to me like this Eurovision thing. It's kind of the same thing, where they're playing this fictional band, and it's it and and all the other groups are going to, if you know your Euro your Euro Trash Pop, it, they're going to line up. It's going to be really funny.
0: Uh, let's see. Ed from Minnesota wanted to know what the population density of Pasadena is. It's uh, six thousand one hundred seventy-two people per square mile. I just had to look it up. <laughs> He wanted to know. All right. Uh what is it? Listening for a long time, third episode third season. Blah, 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 blah. Missing it. Right. Gaming for a long time. I started then. Uh I know that because I put the date in the pack rat and brought to the uh I was thirteen and doing a semester at a boarding school by choice. I, I bought I brought D and D, A D and D, to my home region and taught several friends. I was patient zero. Uh though I started with D and D, I've grown with the art and play a bunch of other systems like Savage Worlds, Actual Apocalypse World, Red Markets, and my longtime favorite Delta Green. I have a stack of other systems <clears throat> I'd love to run someday. You should talk to Alervant yeah, Alervant see if you can yeah. exchange books. other um, <laughs> email. I GM probably 80% of the time. I've been very fortunate to have several excellent groups over the years. In the 80s I had two core groups. They had some crossover, but fell into two clear styles. The first was focused on deep immersion, c- continuity, and world building. That's kind of where I lean. Three regular GMs worked in concert to build a rich world, with others adding their own part to We never had to argue about canon or feel. All uh, we were all on the same wavelength. Sindarin, Tolkien, Elven was spoken at the table. Holy wow. shit! Uh, in That's- retrospect. Uh, the education level was high and the group exceptionally diverse.
1: Wow, yeah, that's a lot of that's really invested. that's really cool.
0: The second group was more swords and sorcery and episodic episodic. Um, it was larger than life and no clear through line. there were still there was still a generally agreed on Howard slash Lieber feel. I don't know what that means. Do you know
1: what that means? Uh, Robert E. Howard, who did Conan, and uh, Fritz Lieber, who did Faford of the Grey Mouse. And And he's one of the... Again, it's short story, so it was just uh, episodic, like each...
0: Yeah. Uh, Feel and the basic structure to the universe. We called the two groups Elrond and Conan. Okay? Uh, It is... It's an accurate shorthand. The, The groups were very different, but both were awesome, since we had at least two GMs in both groups, I even got to play sometimes. Thinking back on all of this, I finally found a question that that I'd like to pose to the community. It is one thing that still really bothers me. How do you handle animal companions? Let me explain. I had one player, the other GM, who played a ranger with a hawk companion. He worked out a big pixel yes-no system of communication. Greenskins, lots, few... I could uh, make gestural answers as the GM playing the hawk. Everybody enjoyed it, and it was part of the story. It spoiled me. <clears throat> I had a different player um, who was a terminal thespian. Stork. Uh, he ran a thief who had a dog. The dog could apparently read and do algebra. <laughs> what was it? What's the dog from the? What's the? What's the, the cartoon I'm thinking of?
1: Scooby-Doo?
0: No. With the dog that could... The, the dog that was the scientist and they had the time machine. Come on.
1: The dog that was the scientist? The dog, scientist. Was this,
0: the dog was wore, the, wore glasses and he was, was the, the professor. No, he, it was a cartoon. He was the professor and he had this kid with him. Oh,
1: right. Sherman and Peabody. Sherman and
0: Peabody. <laughs> That's but it. But
1: it was just one little episode in the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. It was yeah, in, yeah it was part Fairy of Rocky Tales. and
0: Bullwinkle. Right. Um... To the thirteenth, uh, at, at one point, the thief was knocked out for a time, and the dog went on without him. After about the 13th time of pointing out that dogs can't read very well and really have troubles with doorknobs, <laughs> I called an early dinner break out of frustration. Over dinner, I had talked with the other players and discovered they weren't digging it either. Uh, this guy really wanted to play a dog with a thief companion and it was affecting the game so it game for everyone else so when it came back when, when when we came back to the table we all had a talk and agreed that dog needed definition it was given stats and a list of capabilities and commands this limit setting worked for a while but slowly more things kept getting added to the list we even added die rolls to vent off some of the control Nothing was working well. The problem eventually solved itself when the player did something really stupid, trademark, uh, and got half the party killed. Fine pink mist killed. So no thief, no dog, no problem. That whole episode left me sour with the whole animal companions thing. These were just the two extremes. There have been many more, mostly negative, Players try to use animal companions for risk mitigation or to get around limits. Mm-hmm. It's more—it's—it's it's a more refined form of min-maxing, and otherwise, and otherwise, brilliant players get stuck in it sometimes without noticing.
1: Mm, that's Ad- a really observant.
0: AD&D had rules for familiars that mitigated it somewhat, but it still happened with some spells, rangers, and druids. I know that that old broken system was a collection of junk. We made good games out of but I've seen similar problems in dozens of other systems since. Now I avoid animals under any, uh, under any kind of player control. I even h- hate Magic the Gathering and Pokemon because of it. I, I'm curious to hear your comments on Animal Companions. I enjoy the hell out of the whole Happy Jacks community. I've even thought about coming uh, out, out to your lovely cons just to meet you. I'll uh, wait, wait until the, the virus thing's over. Because uh, yep. there probably won't be any concert until it is. Please extend my congratulations and regards to Kimmy and family. Uh, all the rest of you, be well and keep going with what g- going doing what you are doing. Except Tappy, he's probably doing something he's not supposed to. Just ask him. All the best, Buddy Boots. <laughs> On some version of your forum. Stuck inside, living in my own dystopian future, waiting to see what happens to the theater industry in New York City. P.S. It is mandatory to have a postscript at the end of an email to Happy Jacks. Yes, it is. Animal companion. That I don't like animal companions. Every time I've done it, it's always backfired on me.
1: Yeah, you know what? They <laughs> smack of a DMPC is what they what they do because the the player can't fully control them, and the DM ends up having to do something. And at some point, the DM is is. You know, like you, you've—I've got enough to deal with and now. You've given me your fucking dog that I have to now guide around and tell it what you know, and, and fight with it. Uh, you know, because
0: I remember uh, we had a and game. I gave the players rhinoceroses, like I was not in that rhino- game. But, you weren't in that but, game, trained rhino- rhinoceroses that you could ride. It yes. Turns out they were really fucking effective in combat, way more so than any other yes. character in the game.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say with that. It's like, I, first of all, I—I was that ranger that had a dog. You know, because it seemed like a good idea. It's the first, you know, we were young. It seemed like a great idea, and, and the DM was into it at first. He's like, "Yeah, I'll make him like half Winter Wolf, and when he gets older, he'll you know." But he wouldn't tell me that. And then, of course, it got more and more complicated. It's like, so we're in the combat, we're starting to lose. I'm like, "Hey, what about my dog?" And he goes, "Oh shit!" And it it does. It, it gets in the way. Uh, we've also had paladins with warhorses, and they're like, "You know, what does the warhorse do? And how, how much damage does it do? And can we end?" And they end up riding through people with their warhorse instead of actually combating. and you end up spending all this time trying to deal with his animal PC that's never ever been clearly defined in their less time playing the game. I
0: I personally think if you're going to have something like that, especially if it's something like a war horse or something, I would have some kind of system set up, even if you need to house rule it, that says, okay, the the moment you get into combat, you need to make a morale check for the horse. Now, obviously it's going to be an easy morale check if it's actually a trained war horse. Obviously, because they're not going to spook easily. So you're going to have something, okay, now the horse gets to act. Now, who controls the horse? Right. I, I personally think it should be the GM. Right. I don't think it should be the player. Right. Or maybe it's a different player, maybe one who doesn't like the player who has the animal. <laughs> but it needs. But it needs to be at a, because because the horse is, is going to. It's going to it, follow its training, but it's also going to at least try to maintain its life especially for right. something like that. Now, now dogs maybe not. Dogs dogs can be very selfless cuz they're like loyal very loyal fuckers and they're they're pack animals. Right. So it might be a little different with that. But if you and I would say if you made a character who has a familiar or an animal companion, and I'm using the term companion, not a pet, but animal companion. This is someone who adventures with you and you're using that animal as cannon fodder to search for traps because you don't search for traps really well otherwise that animal is going to abandon you right cuz it's go- so- I'm I'm going to make it smart enough to realize that it's being exploited and it's not being taken care of as an animal companion should be or a familiar should be cuz that that needs to be a, a symbiotic relationship
1: like even sled dogs have a tough job but they don't abandon their 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 owners right but I mean, it it still boils down to who controls the animal companion and how much free agency do they have? I
0: think it should be the... I I think you should probably have some simple if-then statements for how the animal will behave in combat situations specifically. And in situations where you are exploiting the animal and putting it in danger, and it's basically all it is is a walking set of extra hit points for you. Right. Right. I'm not that that animal is at some point if it's it has any sort of intelligence whatsoever it's going to go away. It's not uh, going to like doing that kind of shit. His
1: observation about um
0: cuz it's not like I mean it's not just oh I found this dog so this dog's going to follow us along and I'm going to use it right. as as cannon fodder. If it's a familiar that's a mystical thing, right? There's more right. it's not just oh I I captured a bat.
1: And usually intelligent too, you know. They or able at
0: least somewhat, at least more enlightened than their than their typical brethren.
1: Right? Yeah, like you know, Harry Potter's owls and stuff. But he brings up a really good point, which is the players try to use the animal companions as risk mitigation or to get around limits. And guilty, guilty. I, I tend to try to exploit anything I can in any given situation, whether it's that's tray, because you roll like shit. Well, yeah, but I also just—it's I, I, kind of the fun for me—is is the creative puzzle making rather than just you know hit move on, hit move on. I try to anyway, and yeah, it can easily see when you, we you have an animal companion. I guess it's going to end up being a GM PC of some point, of some sort, whether heavily involved. In, and, and and your range is going to do that. Your range is like I'm going to send the, the the dog out to catch rabbits for us, and you know, and if you you know, and now all of a sudden the, the GM's rolling dice. And he knows that there's orcs in the area, and so now he's rolling for the dogs. Oh god, the dog is stuck. Oh no, the, see that's the, different. Oh,
0: that is a that is a whole side quest or a whole mm-hmm. a, you know a, a whole story branch. Because it's like, oh, I'm going to send you know my my animal companion, my familiar dog, out to go hunt rabbits. Oh, there's oh, it got captured by orcs. Oh, yeah, okay. You're not going to go. Oh well, I'll go to town and buy another one. No, no, that's, that you're bonded to the magically bonded to this fucking animal. You're going to go find this thing. And the arrested party may be going, dude, it's just a dog. Come on. But you're gonna go do it. You right. know what I mean? And I would exploit that. If you if you were using if you were if you were using a dog as twelve extra walking hit points. Right. I'm going to exploit the fuck out of that dog.
1: Or an extra attack. You know, it's like a right. ranger in the right. door attack the same Yes. Simultaneously. And I can totally see somebody having a trained war dog or a trained hunting dog. Because that happens. And if you let's say, Stu, you go out adventuring with your dog, right? And somebody attacks you if your dog is well trained, it's going to protect you and jump in there and help out, right?
0: Oh, sure. Well, a lot and, if, of-
1: and if it's a well trained war dog, you could send it out after things like a German Shepherd, you know, to take down, right? Um, like in with police actions, right? So it's not it's not unbelievable that an animal that isn't magical can still do useful things for the party. But how do you? mitigate that as a GM. Now, do you spend a lot of time you know, it's going to count as another player in the, another PC. It's going to count as another person in the party in terms of roles, in terms of attacks, in terms of of getting in trouble, and and all of that. So you're just going to have to count that as another player in the group.
0: And I I think I would also have some sort of in-game effect if your familiar or companion animal companion gets killed. That's going to fuck you up.
1: It should. Even that's if you what, raised it from as a, as a, as, you know, it's just a wolf pup that you raised. It's still gonna. Yeah, if, you know, if this a if crazy. this
0: animal has literally saved your life, yeah. in the past, and you send it out into a dangerous situation and it gets killed because it trusts you and does what you say, that's if that doesn't fuck you up, you better have psychopath written on your character
1: sheet. Even even the police <laughs> that you know they don't they didn't train the dog but they work. Closely with the dog. If the dog gets hurt,
0: they are. Oh furious. yeah. Well, I, I don't. If you ever read uh, Starship Troopers, there's uh, what do they call them? They have a name for them. The Neo Dogs, which mm. are dogs that are uh, have been uh, uplifted to sapiens, and they can kind of talk if you can understand their accent, and they're bonded with a, a soldier, and you'll have one Neo Dog with one soldier, and they said if, if the soldier gets killed, they, o- they always put down the Neo Dog. Because the neo mm-hmm. dog can't live it because the bond that they have is 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 closer than any bond humans are capable of in now, normal situations. And, and I think, and the, but if the if the dog gets killed, they can't put the put the the soldier down. But they usually sedate them for months, or they 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 put them in the psychiatric ward and 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 slowly try to bring them back to sanity. But they're actually in that in that in the book that it talks about they're, they're actually telepathically linked. It
1: was like a psychic backlash. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that in D and D familiar rules, at least the ones that I'm familiar with, no pun intended, that that kind of happens to the magic users as well. If their familiar gets killed,
0: I don't remember psychic
1: backlash. There's also a, I think they also gain a certain amount of hit points. You know, you roll randomly when you get a familiar, which for a magic user who has, you know, paper armor to begin with, that is cool. You know, you get an extra, maybe four hit points because you have a weasel as a, as a familiar, but likewise, when the weasel gets killed, you, you also take damage and there's some psychic I, I believe that that's in there somewhere I don't know
0: there should be no if there versions. isn't I would house rule that shit <coughs> so.
1: so you're saying that you don't like animal companions because it, it cut, makes more work for you
0: It's a, well it's a, it's exploity it's, it's a way to try to get extra stuff because you want your character to be better than everyone else's character at the table I yep. mean there are reasons not uh, certainly there are players out there who, are, who would have an animal companion and it may give them some sort of in game benefit but the extra role-playing care stuff that they do with that animal outweighs that. You know what I mean? And that is the kind of player who's like, "Oh, my dog got captured. Fuck this adventure. I'm going to go get my dog." Right. You know, and, and that that's that sort of thing that I would encourage. So
1: uh, you can also sort of job out some of it out. Like if your ranger has a wolf, you just have the, the ranger roll for the wolf's attack as well. <clears throat> sure. You know? You yeah. Say I'm going to send the wolf after this guy, or we're both attacking the same one, and I roll. And then I roll. see, so I if- don't
0: like it if you're. I mean, if you're. T- I mean, if it's an animal that you've trained, you know, like like you've been using the analogy of a police dog, that yeah. you can send out and you can direct it. But if it's a wolf that you've, even if you've trained it as, from a pup, it's still a wolf. Right. It's not. It's not a domesticated dog. So when you get into a battle, it's going to use its own sense and its own That's mind to figure yeah. out and its own its own experience to say. That's the one I need to go after. You know, yeah. is, are we hungry? Yeah. I'm going after the small one, or I'm going after the slow one. Are we in right. danger? I'm going after the biggest thing. You know what I mean?
1: It, again, it falls on the GM to mitigate it. Yeah, right. I, Money Boots, I'm with you. It's it's a it's a slippery slope, and I really do like the, the how observant you are about the fact that sometimes even even people good good players, brilliant players, get stuck in it and without even noticing. And yeah, everybody <laughs> would love to have a, a companion dog, and then the next thing you know that you're you're
0: you know. Duck Helmet says, "Don't all rangers have panthers? I think it's only drow rangers." <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah,
1: druids don't need companion animals; they actually turn into companion animals. But right. uh, rangers are still stuck, you know. Casting sow.
0: All right. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna go ahead and and close this out. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Muddy Boots, for the email, by the way. Thank you for joining yeah. us for Season 27, Episode 2 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Stork. And we'll see you in a week at 7 p.m. Pacific Time next Friday, happyjacks.org slash live. Thank you very much for listening or viewing or however you consumed us. And we will see you next uh, next week. Thank you very much. Bye. From Michigan to Australia and maybe East Timor, be a